It's been over a year now since In The Key Of Q launched. In our archive, you can find over 50 interviews of queer musicians from around the world and hear their music from rap Unaware of my proclivities to self-sabotage to country soul and rock. These episodes are available on the main feed. You can access them via the website at inthekeyofq.com or wherever you normally listen to podcasts. everyone it's dan here and welcome to this special bonus episode of in the key of q i think it's our first bonus episode actually now those of you with eagle ears will have heard a trailer going out in the middle of our episodes recently hey this is john from the song surfing podcast song surfing is a playlist of independent music pulled from the far reaches of the internet now i just want to make it very clear to you all that this is not a paid for advertising space oh no most definitely not it is in fact a space that i had wanted to reserve for cross-promoting podcasts that i felt would complement what i'm setting about with my show to do for me i want to use music as a way to help audiences feel heard and feel included and and not really feel so alone in the world and i think music has an incredible power to do that and one of the things that's wonderful about the song surfing podcast is that it finds music from outside the mainstream areas by the very nature of mainstream we can often get to hear the same messages with the same kind of stories with the same kind of styles and what the song surfing podcast does is to really really reach out into exceptional spaces to find new stuff to find new content that we might not have heard so i wanted to bring on the presenter and the producer of the song surfing podcast john kell to chat with you about it john welcome hi dan thanks for having me on yeah, I, I have to say, um, I've really been enjoying listening to your episodes so far. And I think that you provide a really good uh, platform for artists to get a little bit more attention, but also to address, um, you know, some experiences that that um, maybe more and more are becoming mainstream, but haven't been for the longest time. And that's important. And I appreciate that you do that. Thank you very much. And I think one of the most wonderful things about the music scene now is Whereas 15, 20 years ago, when I was a teenager, um, I thought I might have been a teenager a little bit longer than that. <laughs> but um, when I was a teenager, when music was particularly formative, I had to go and buy CDs and buy cassettes and buy records. And you kind of had to rely on a distributor delivering things to a store on a high street. Now, we could just double click. And it means that a Beyonce song is no easier to reach than some wonderful artist that you have discovered. Yeah, it's it's so exciting. I mean, we've been, you know, going back to the the days of Napster and, and file sharing, we've been experiencing this um, overwhelming uh, load of music that you can be exposed to. But I think along with that goes the challenge of just having so much <laughs> music out there that it's hard to, it, it gets hard to discover new things. Uh, and you still wind up relying on the gatekeepers and the curators to, uh, you know, to find the stuff that might really resonate with you. Um, so that's really, you know, one of the one of the things that led to me starting the podcast. I mean, I've been wanting to start a podcast for the longest time, and I knew 
because I'm so passionate about music, I knew I wanted it to be a music podcast, but being involved in uh, various songwriting groups that I'm in uh, on Facebook and friend circles, um, it, it, it became important to me to provide a platform for artists that might not have that exposure. And um, especially now during the pandemic, <laughs> no artists have exposure really, <laughs> unless they're uh, you know really inclined to doing the, the live stream thing. Um, or already had a, an audience built up. So I wanted to provide a platform for for those artists to uh, to to maybe find some find an audience. And so, John, it sounds like you not only consume music, but unlike me, you actually make it as well. Has music always been something that's been important to you? Yeah, it has. It's I've been at it for a while, uh, twenty probably twenty five years now. But I've always felt like I was making up lost time because I got started on music sort of late. I started playing guitar when I was uh, almost 16 and um, yeah, passed up on opportunities to join music programs when I was a kid for whatever reason. Um, but then once I was involved in it and, you know, realized it was something that I really enjoyed, um, I <laughs> I worked at it like crazy and, you know, was always practicing and wound up becoming a music teacher. And so that's what I do uh, for my day job now. I'm a, a band director, so I teach kids to play uh, woodwind, brass, and percussion instruments, uh, middle school age. So um, I'm not sure in the UK how, how schools are structured, really, but in the US, uh, middle school is, uh, you know, like a 10 to 14-year-olds. Um, so I teach those kids to play play instruments and play together. So that's kind of the classical music world. Um, but I've always been into rock and jazz and blues and, well, you know, a lot of the guitar-based genres. Um, and so when I'm choosing music for song surfing, I try to I try to find what reflects my taste, but then push the boundaries of of what I'm interested in also. So with each episode, you'll find, you know, some of the uh, in, indie rock and that sort of stuff that I listen to. You also you know, occasionally hear some classical, some metal. Um, on the most recent episode, we heard an environmentalist hardcore band. Oh, that was incredible. That was the real thrashy one, wasn't it? Yeah. And they, I don't know, I guess when I'm, when I'm choosing music, I try to find uh, stuff from around the world, stuff from multiple genres, but also something that, that hooks me in some way. And I, I really like the opening of that song where uh, the singer, she screams, Hey buddy. And it's just something about it really, really draws, uh, really drew me in. And I hope that it does for the listeners too. It's great. One of the things that I'm always terrified about when I listen to music podcasts or read music articles is that the journalists will be like, you know, wine balls, you know, those dreadful wine balls who have been on a few wine classes, and all they do is tell you how terrible the wine is that you drink. Um, <laughs> And it seems to me that all their expertise seems to bring them is a lack of ability to enjoy anything but expensive wine. And something that's great about your podcast is you manage to have an editorial on the content that you're about to play or have just played, but you don't make it really exclusive and, and fill it with unfriendly terminology or just showing off your music knowledge. You, you give these really great pithy responses or introductions to the music that's being played that, that I think really helps the listener appreciate it, especially as for a lot of these, this is our first time we'll ever be hearing it. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to come at it from a place of enthusiasm. I mean, there's a reason why I'm playing those particular songs and those particular artists. So I like to tell what I liked about the song. Um, but 
Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I don't, uh, I've never really been into approaching music from a, an exclusive uh, point of view or with the approach of picking apart a song and saying all the things I hate about it. I'd rather talk about what merit a song has at first. Completely. And I think one of the great things about music, and maybe this is so about all art forms, but for music, it is the one that speaks to me, is it just stops me feeling like I'm crazy. It stops me feeling like I'm the only person feeling these things. And when I set up in the key of Q, because as a teenager, I sort of managed my own internalized fear of my queer identity by losing myself in music. As I got older, of course, you realize, well, that's what we all do, regardless of whether we're, we're straight or gay or however we identify, that in fact, these bedrooms or headphones or whatever are often the first spaces as we're teetering on the verge of adulthood, where we sort of find our tribe, even if that tribe is just simply us and a cassette tape. Yeah. And there's something, I mean, I think the first thing people connect with is the the lyrics, but there's something indescribable about a, a song that you really, that really resonates with you just in the, the even the instrumental parts, um, whether it's the, I, I don't know, something about the, the way a, a certain set of chords makes you feel or the, the, the sound of the production. Uh, it can be really powerful. And I found myself really identifying with songs and really having no idea what the artist really meant by them. <laughs> I just, uh, attribute my own meaning to it and it it has a strong connection with how I'm feeling at the moment or that particular stage in my life and I really don't know if that's what the artist intended but that's a, what it means to me and that's powerful and John how do you go about finding the songs that you find because something else I really like about your shows it's fortnightly isn't it and the yeah. and because it's fortnightly it just feels just a little bit it feels a little better produced than a lot of other shows I I hear. Just in terms of what you've selected, like you say, you have a huge variation of stuff on there. How do you go about finding your music? It's a lot of searching. I mean, on the intro to the show, I list off all the different music streaming sites that I check out. I wind up finding a lot of my stuff on Bandcamp. Um, and I'm not sure if it's, um, I don't know, just the, the level... I think the way Bandcamp is structured is it makes it it's of all the sites I look at, it's the easiest, I think, to search for music by genre and by location when it was released. I mean, good luck finding anything on Spotify if you're just browsing. Good luck. <laughs> Spotify is not a place, is it, for browsing? It's like, oh no, my God. and there are other sites that SoundCloud uh, can be can be good for for discovering. But I find that I have to listen to 30 tracks before I find something that has a certain quality level and I'm not looking for professional level recordings. Although a lot of them just bedroom produced stuff is professional level quality. Um, but there's just a lot of stuff I think that people record in one take and just put it out there and maybe don't do much editing too. So I have to sift through a lot more I find on that side. So Bandcamp, it seems that there are a lot more, um, even though it's the same level of independent artists that you'll find on the other side. Um, it, it's more, thought out maybe more um, premeditated and and produced from from the artist's uh, point of view um so i do find a lot of my stuff on there and i tend to just browse by by genre um and browse by newly released and just listen 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 and like i said with the um scandinavian environmentalist hardcore band there's got to be something in the song that 
that draws me in. Uh, and I try to find stuff that sounds different in some way. Uh, you know, if it just sounds like, uh, you know, just something you'd hear on the radio and there's nothing really that new or interesting about it, I, you know, that's doesn't tend to resonate with me. And John, if for anybody that hasn't yet listened to the podcast or even heard your trailer, could you give us a quick rundown on what the show's about? Sure. So I search for music on the internet and I try to focus on bands or artists that are independent. So this um, often means uh, bands that aren't signed to any sort of label, or if they are, they might be on a small indie label. You know, because I was thinking about it, like really uh, a band like Radiohead would fall into the category of independent artists. And th those aren't really the kind of groups, although I love Radiohead, those aren't really the kind of groups that I'm uh, featuring. You're not going to hear Radiohead or Wilco or a group like that on the show. So it's, you know, artists who are doing everything, everything themselves for the most part. Um, I try to feature some local artists. I'm Chicago-based, and so maybe at least every other episode, I'll have a Chicago-area artist on there, you know, a little shout-out to my hometown. Um, and I'll have, a, you know, a fair share of artists who are exist internet-only, although we do have ones who are performing and, and touring, or at least when it's not the pandemic, uh, they'll be touring. Um, we do have, a, you know, a good amount of artists who they exist only in the form of posting their music online. And although you will have some, some of those kind of artists that will, will get big. Like I think like somebody like, a, you know, Billie Eilish or Melanie Martinez may have gotten their start that way. Uh, you know, uh, posting songs on TikTok or whatever. Um, you know, the vast majority of artists who are only existing in Instagram form aren't going to be that. So, you know, I like to feature them as well and uh, find some excellent stuff that way. Um, and then the last thing is I try to feature artists for internationally. So uh, I will have a lot of U.S.-based bands and artists, but, it, you know, in the most recent episode, I, episodes I had, uh, well, as I mentioned, uh, Sparta Hobbit, the Scandinavian environmentalist group. Um, I had Resolute Vibration from the East Coast of the U.S., The Lasses, who is a, um, a folk ensemble from Amsterdam. So I try to hit... Uh, six of the seven continents as much as possible. Um, and I'm not afraid of playing music uh, that has uh, lyrics that aren't in, uh, aren't in English, as long as I can kind of check what they're about. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I try to have a massive amount of variety and feature uh, multiple genres and multiple types of artists. Diversity is the name of the game. And in the key of Q, we absolutely love diversity. So applause to that. Now, John, as we round up the show, can you tell me what is it about podcasting, both as a consumer, but also as a producer that you love? Well, I, I got into podcasting. <laughs> this is going to sound kind of dark, but uh, years ago when I was going through a divorce, um, it was just, I, you know, I felt very isolated um, from friends, family. I felt like everything uh, that I had identified with at the time was just pulled out from under me. Um, and in a way it was, um, you know, just provided comfort being able to, uh, lose myself in, uh, Mark Maron's podcast and stuff you should know. And, you know, a lot of the, the big ones, uh, and this was years ago in the earlier days of podcasting where I felt that you could really, um, you know, it was almost like having a friend. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I mean, it, it resonate, they resonate a lot with me and I'm still a huge podcast listener. You know, I have a whole bunch of different ones that I'm really into. And 
you know, I, I, I knew that I wanted to help spread the word uh, of artists. And I know that I love podcasts. And so I thought that it would be a great way of combining some of my, my interests and maybe, you know, help some people out uh, in, in, at the same time, you know, maybe provide something that, that people, uh, that resonates with people the way those podcasts resonated with me when I really needed it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's very similar for me. I find the, um, one of the great things about podcasts is just you can really find what it is that you want to hear. You don't have to wade through lots of other things or have a program where only 3% of it is of interest to you. The, the fact that audio is so affordable to make and distribute just means that anything that you can find is great. And if you don't find it, you can make it. which is kind of what happened with me i was looking for a a podcast that that was having interviews with people and bits of their music but i sort of didn't find quite what i wanted um in the way that i wanted it so instead of whining about it i just well i I would make it (laughs) yeah the the whole medium really attracts people with that entrepreneurial spirit that's uh, one of the things i love about it Absolutely. Now, John, just to wrap up, where can people find your podcast? Okay, well, um, it's available on every podcast app, including Spotify and Amazon. Just search Song Surfing. Uh, also have a website, songsurfingpodcast.com, uh, where you can check out the show notes to see the different artists that I've featured. And you'll find links to all the artists' uh, sites and places where you can stream or purchase their music. Brilliant stuff. John Kell at the Song Surfing Podcast. Many, many thanks for coming on to our first ever bonus episode of In the Key of Q. Hey, it's an honor and good luck to you, Dan. I'm really enjoying what I've heard so far. Keep making uh, In the Key of Q. And you. Thank you very much. The pod's on social media at In the Key of Q or email me direct on podcast at inthekeyofq.com. And rate and review us on your podcast provider. It really helps people find the show. Our theme is by Pauline Edu at unstoppablemonsters.com. Many thanks to Kajan Kantha and Murray Lang for their support in making this episode. The show is presented and produced by me, Dan Hall, and is made at Pup Media Consultancy. See you next Tuesday.